Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. This is episode seven. If you're keeping track at home, I'm Ryan the Goose Gosker, joined by my co-host, Jolan Bioka. Jolan, welcome back for another another jam-packed episode. I called Cam Newton to the Patriots. That he did, and we're going to get right into that. But then, <laughs> yeah, thank you to all our listeners. We want to continue to grow our network, so keep reaching out to your peers, your family, whatever you have to do. Get us out there. If you, if you love the content, if you don't, write us an email, write you know tweet us, and we'll talk about that at the end of the show. A special shout-out to a couple guys that already hit me up. Your advice is needed and uh, appreciated. Keep doing that. Yes, absolutely. We, we appreciate any feedback we can get. But, Joel and I, we're going to jump right into it, and right where you were right, and right where I was wrong. And that is with Cam Newton, because the big news coming out of this week since the last pod was that Cam Newton has officially signed with the New England Patriots. And... and this is a really interesting signing. Jared Stidham, see on the bench, brother. Uh, you are just waiting for Cam Newton if he gets hurt. Cam only played two games last year due to a shoulder problem, so that's going to be an intriguing. His health is a concern. However, he has finally landed with a team. It is the New England Patriots. It is a one-year, I believe $1.05 million is guaranteed. He can earn a maximum of $7.5 million. Uh, that is very incentive-based for user for you people at home that uh, that don't understand that discrepancy. So, Jolan, I again, I was thoroughly, thoroughly wrong on this topic. I'm going to hand it over to you. Well, before we start getting into Cam Newton and his excellence that's soon to be with the Patriots, I do want to talk about Stidham because people are trying to make a market that he might be quarterback one there, and I just don't see that. I think when you bring in a former MVP, um, he's going he's gonna to light it up and he's going to start. So let me just read Cam Newton's MVP uh, year stats. That was the year the Panthers went 15-1. and one. Um, He completed 59% of his passes for 3,837 yards, 35 touchdowns, 10 interceptions on a 99.4 passer rating. Oh, yeah, and he also rushed for 636 yards and 10 touchdowns. So that's a small glimpse of a healthy Cam Newton. And now with a defense like the Patriots have and a coach like Belichick, this guy could literally be the best quarterback in the league next year, and I don't think that's too far ahead of myself to say. And what strikes me, too, is that even if I don't have it right in front of me, but his 2018 stats, when he got Norv Turner, he became a more drop-back quarterback uh, as opposed to the Cam Newton that we saw run around. Because if you remember correctly, they went on to lose that Super Bowl, and then the next year they played the Denver Broncos on opening night, and Cam got absolutely sandwiched over and over and over again. There were questions about whether there should have been a helmet-to-helmet contact called or not. But regardless, his body was taking a beating. Well, Norv Turner steps in, and in 2018, Cam Newton was dominant. Was dominant before he got hurt. Had I MVP that was a foot. bids early on. I believe that was a foot issue that he went down with. He was, he was excellent in that season. So that's only two short years away. That's not four. You know, that's two short years away. And again, we don't know the kind of year he could have had last year. The shoulder does concern me. The injuries concern me slightly. But I will say, I was wrong. I didn't think Bill wanted to take on Cam Newton and, and his personality and everything like that. But again, if and, and this is what I said to you last week, it's not that Bill can't contain that. It's whether he wants to or not. And, and I guess, you know, I have to say this to myself. And this is what Pat's Nation says, I think, every morning during their prayer ceremony is in Bill We Trust. <laughs> I, I think that's what they say to themselves every day. So, unfortunately, I have to give myself a dose of that medicine. But I think, I don't think Cam Newton's going to be the best quarterback in the league. But is he set up the most for success? Potentially. 
I mean, uh, inside of offense and offensive weapons, yeah, maybe not. But you have to understand that Cam Newton's only going into year 10. So Tom Brady's year 10 in a system similar, the exact same system, actually. It's the New England Patriots. He threw for 5,235 yards, 39 touchdowns, and 12 picks. And that was legitimately at the halfway point of his career. So if you could see Cam sustain healthy, like, and healthy and the same success he has in the first 10 years, can you see Cam Newton staying here for a decade, completing his uh, career with the Patriots, and finishing as a Hall of Famer? That I don't know, because what I will tell you is, is Bill doesn't want to pay his quarterbacks. Anything. And and if Cam explodes onto the onto the scene this year, and they can do the damage in the AFC that people think they can do, he will not be get. Bill can't get him at fifteen million. He's gonna to have to get him at closer to th- twenty five, maybe even thirty. So you can answer that Hall of Fame question in one second. Back to the AFC. Um, do you think he's the best quarterback too in the AFC East now? Oh, in the AFC East, yes, I will. I will say that. I I think Josh Allen is on the rise. I his deep ball accuracy really, really concerns me. Sam Darnold is just not there yet. His okay, pieces aren't there either. He's, he's get to to me. I'm I'm a little bit higher on Sam Darnold than some people at the haters section, and I, and I'm a little bit lower on Sam Darnold than the lovers are. I, Makes I'm kind of sitting there. I I like him as a quarterback. I think he's growing, but you mentioned his weapons. His best weapon right now might be Denzel Mims who's a rookie. I think he's going to be a good player. Who I'm super high on. I love Denzel Mims, but that's not a full-fledged offense and two people. Right. Jamison Crowder is their third highest paid player on the team, and he's a good wide receiver, but he's not the third highest paid player on on a team. Let's just put that out there. So, Cam, he is definitely... And then Tua. Tua down in Miami, you know, we don't know yet. And I think Cam is definitely better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. So back to that Cam Newton Hall of Fame thing. Do you think he could stay here and dominate the AFC for 10 years and end himself in Canton? So I'll premise this by saying if he can stay here. If he can stay here, I don't think there's a question he could get himself into the Hall of Fame. Because I do think... Which he's on pace for. Let's make no mistake about correct. it. Correct. I do think that he can win championships with Bill Belichick. Again, in Bill we trust. He is... He's a defensive mastermind. He knows how to get the best out of his guys. And Josh McDaniels, remind you, hasn't had a quarterback like this in a long time. He's had Tom Brady, who, again, is the GOAT. But he's a statue back there. Oh, yeah. he was the, he's the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s quarterback. That's exactly what he was. To perfection, though. Correct. To, correct. To perfection, yeah. obviously. But now Cam Newton comes in, and he adds a different dimension. And, and uh, Jacoby Brissett, I saw a stat line on Twitter somewhere. It, in one of his games that he came in, he had like 107 passing yards, but he had a bunch of rushing yards as well. And I think that's the kind of balance you can expect to see from Cam Newton, although maybe a little bit towards the pass to keep him healthy and upright. So, so who do you think Cam Newton's wide receiver one's going to be? You have Edelman still there. You have Muhammad Sanu. You have both the James White and uh, Sonny Michelle out of the backfield to catch tons of passes. Who do you think Cam's going to rely on the most? You have to think 11. I, I believe it's going to be 11, but do not sleep on Muhammad Sanu. I want to give a quick shout-out here to my main man, my former coach, Drew Lieberman. He has a podcast called The Sideline Hustle. If you haven't watched it, you should. If you're a wide receiver and you haven't watched it, you, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you need to listen to this man. He knows what he does with receivers. He coached Muhammad Sanu at Rutgers. He's working with him currently. I th- That's a guy I think... That last year, he just struggled to come in and learn the offense. But now he's got a full offseason. Now he's got Cam. Now he's you know now he's kind of revamped his head. And I think he's ready to go. Well, you put the words right in my mouth for the next question. It's a hard offense. 
How does Cam Newton adjust to short offseason? No training camp. Possibly no preseason. We'll get into that. How does Cam Newton adjust on a shortened offseason to fly and work in the Patriots offense? That's a great question, and I think that's the problem with waiting till now to sign him. I think if you were going to sign him, and I guess maybe you know the one thing for them is they're working his market down. I think his market was about as low as it can get right now. So I can kind of understand that, but in terms of on the field, you're right. It is a difficult offense. Josh McDaniels, I'm sure, has a lot of complicated things going in that offense. You want to be able to get him in there as quick as possible and to run it. Now, I understand there were some problems with his physical and, and COVID, and he couldn't get you know to the things facilities and happen. stuff like that. Right, so it's unfortunate, but you're right. I, I It is going to be fascinating, and that's the big thing with the NFL season. Which teams succeed this year? The teams that have veteran guys, you know why? Because there's still a possibility training camp gets canceled. And if that's the if that's true, look for guys like a Drew Brees and Michael Thomas to explode. You know why? Because to they don't really, need, to they really don't explode. right. They don't need to. They don't need OTAs. They don't need mini camp. They don't need training camp. They have that brotherhood. They have that psyche. You know that telepathic whatever stuff. chemistry you need to make up is already there. Right. So I think it's important for Cam to to kind of call up the guys, rally the troops. And, and actually, I saw a video, the, the same video Mohamed Sanu was in in the sideline hustle. Cam Newton was there. He was throwing deep balls. So he's already present. So he's already there. You know, now get the guys like Edelman and uh, I, I, Braxton Berrios, I believe, is one of their receivers. Oh, Miami wide receiver. Correct. Shout out. Get, get all the guys out there. Get them ready. And, and, and figure out a way to do this thing while avoiding COVID-19. So I think it's, I think it's up to Cam right now to get creative. To work with his guys. Now, a little less scheme-wise, more into a base of personality. Cam Newton, and it's been seen, shows his emotion on his sleeve. When he's really high, he's riding a high season. The rest of the team feels it. They end up 15-1 and in the Super Bowl. When he's down on himself, the team feels it. They could go 7-9, and nine, miss playoffs, and he can have the worst year of his career. What Cam Newton do you think Bill Belichick expects? One temperamented and level-headed, so even keel when all things go awry, he's still calm. When all things go good, he's still calm. Or the Cam Newton hardness sleeves, like he's been the past ten years, and the person he is—that is the person he is. Yeah, that's a tricky question because I—I think—I think Bill would take the emotion guy because let's not forget. And again, Patriot fans, I, I don't want to hear it. Okay, Tom Brady was as emotional a guy as you can find. Oh, the worst is we don't celebrate. Gronk had a spike named after him. If if you look at the sidelines, Tom Brady was about as emotional as anybody else, okay? So I don't want to hear that your last quarterback wasn't emotional. Do I think Cam is going to be better at honing those emotions, maybe not getting as high, maybe not getting as low? Yes, but I think Bill recognizes he was at his best when he was that high-flying, emotional, Superman guy how do we get him back to that form? So you're saying if Bill can aim his temperament to a positive side, then they will proceed to let him do what he has to. Correct. And I think part of it, too, is 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 oftentimes Bill will just hand the quarterback over to Josh McDaniels. Say, you work with him. You develop him. Because, listen, I, I don't want to say Bill Bill knows a good amount of offense. His strength is the defense. Oh, Everybody yeah. knows that. That's, he, is the, you know, he is the greatest coach. Some have argued he's the greatest defensive coach of all time which is really interesting. So he's done a good job. And, and and I got a question for you now, and this is a little tricky one because we didn't talk about this. Could Antonio Brown potentially re-sign and give Cam Newton a wide receiver one? 
Uh, when it comes to the Patriots, there's no chance. The, the reason why I say this is not like, oh, there's just no chance. I don't want A.B. in the league. It's nothing like that whatsoever. It's that A.B. was on that roster for one week, I would think it was, and caught a touchdown pass. So he was successful in that roster, and Bill Belichick still saw a reason to walk away from him. He's not going to walk away from talent for no reason. He has his answers. I think that's self-explanatory. But on the A-B conversation, I think he does get a suitor this year, whether it be the Seahawks or the 49ers or wherever he goes. And I think whoever does pick him up is a winner. So let's go into free agency a little bit off of that. A-B, let's start. Who do you think A-B goes to? This is difficult because he's been tied to Baltimore and Seattle. And I oh, think Hollywood are, Brown is younger cousin. Those are really interesting franchises for him to look at. You know, and I'm going to go emotion here. I want him to go to Baltimore. Like, I think that would be a really solid signing. You mentioned Hollywood Brown, his cousin. That would just be fantastic. He's worked out with Lamar Jackson, I believe, for, for a while. Uh, and, and so th- I think that would be a really fun tandem to be together. And just a... Just another wrinkle in that offense to make it even that much even that much better, excuse me. So, uh, who do you think A.B. goes to? So, A.B., I saw him working out recently with, what, Russell Wilson it was in, on the Seahawks. So, I could definitely see them as a suitor. I think Pete Carroll is a good players coach that knows how to handle his players and temperaments. But if I want to be logistics, I think a team that needs to sign him is the Houston Texans. I think they're up and coming. They, they, they've kind of torn it all down before rebuilding it back up. You have a young Deshaun Watson who's going to be on the verge of many playoffs and maybe many Super Bowls as the years come. Why not get him a weapon for four or five years? Will. It all depends about his temperament and can Bill O'Brien handle him. But if I want to see him end up on a team, it is Houston. Right, and it's and it's more of will Bill pull the trigger? Will he do it? Can he, you know, can he do that? He did just trade away DeAndre Hopkins for one second round pick. Now we got other guys to get into. I know you got a whole list of them. So let me just get into some edges right now in the market. You still have uh, Jadavion Clowney, Everson Griffin, Cameron Wake, and uh, Marquis Golden, formerly with the Giants, if you're not familiar with him. Yeah, I want, uh, to be honest with you, and th- and that's what we're doing here. We want to we want to see who goes where, right? Or, or who signs first. Listen, I want all four of those guys on the Giants. Uh, our yeah. pass rush is disgustingly <laughs> atrocious, and, and, and I want all four of those guys. Who do I think signs first? Signs first and where, not just signs, signs first. first and where. I think it's Marcus Golden with the Giants because they do have the tender on him that after July 22nd, I believe it is, he can't play for anybody else. And I think at that point, if you're Marcus Golden, it's a waste to try and sit out because your value goes down that much further. And B, you want to just get a new defensive coordinator with the Giants. You need to be able to learn the system. So I think it's Marcus Golden just because his deadline is coming up quicker. I think the other guys might be looking toward because they're older veteran guys. They might look towards after training camp because we know the one thing veterans hate the most is training it's camp. August, yeah. They hate the dog days of August. So I'm going to take Marcus Golden with the Giants. So what do you think uh, Davion Clowney's problem is? Do you think it's a money thing? Because he's number one overall pick. I mean, he's had plenty of talent, plenty of successes in the NFL. What's his deal? Why isn't he getting signed? Clowney, Clowney doesn't have the... So Clowney wants a contract that would put him at the top of the DN market. Do you see him there? He he doesn't have the numbers, but if you watch games and you watch game film, which basic fans don't, so that's a problem. But if you actually watch the game, he is much more disruptive than I think his numbers give in to be. Oftentimes, he shoots in the backfield, and the div, uh, the running back, excuse me, will make a miss. You know, but they still get a tackle for a three-yard loss. So that's and that's a direct correlation to the work he's done. So 
I think, you know, maybe he's got to get better in his finishing ability, and he's going to have to take a one-year prove-it deal. I think you are right. With D. Lyman, they, they can't get judged off some things, like how fast they are off the ball and cause disruption, like a Leonard Williams, who doesn't really have the stats to match it, but he still gets off the ball faster than most people, and he is taking on double teams. So from one side of defense, let's go uh, back in the secondary. We got some cornerbacks still available. Logan Ryan, rumored with the Jets. Uh, Prince of Mukamara, Eli Apple. Which one of those guys get signed first, and where do you think? I, I th- hmm, this is tough. I I want to say the Logan Ryan to the Jets thing eventually gets done. I, I They're arguing over money. Uh, That's an ownership thing again with the Jets. Lo- Logan Ryan, you know, but again, it might be smart. You know, you don't want to lock yourself too far in. I don't know if it's a one-year deal or not. But I think Logan Ryan goes to the Jets eventually. I think he gets his deal. Prince of Mukamara, I'd love to see him back with the Giants, to be honest. And Eli Apple, no thanks, guy. So I'll take Logan Ryan with the Jets. You know, it's funny. You look at the free agencies, and I read off two former Giants of Eli Apple and Prince of Mukamara, who had terrible tenures for all accounts on the Giants, but who found successes elsewhere under different coaches. So maybe it was a coaching thing more in the secondary. But still, players with a lot of talent. Let's go to some wild cards. Um, I just want to mention Joe Flacco, quarterback signed with the Jets. He's off the he's off the table for that. So some remaining wild cards. I got tight end Delaney Walker and left tackle Jason Peters. Two, by all means, when healthy, are at the top of their uh, they're at the top of their positions. Yeah, and this is you know again you got a one in thirty two shot of being right when you do these things. I think Delaney Walker should look at a reunion with the San Francisco 49ers to pair with George Kittle. Because I think that could be really good. I uh, uh, David Njoku has requested a trade from Cleveland. He has been rumored to... Uh, people have talked about pairing him with Kittle in San Francisco. But I think Delaney Walker, he knows the team. He knows the organization. He's got history with them. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it ended on a poor note. But I think he can go back to the 49ers and give them a one-two punch. That's really, really good. And Jason Peters, listen, man. I'm doing this because I want to see this man stay healthy. Send him up to New England. Send him to Bill, get Cam some help. Jason Peters, when healthy again, is one of the best left tackles in football, period. And I think you send him up to New England and you let him protect Cam Newton's blind side. So you had mentioned something that's interesting and I kind of want to get into it a little bit. It's the David Njoku trade. So the Browns, they have Kevin Stefanski up there as head coach now, and he runs tight end sets more than anybody. Now they had just drafted a tight end and they signed Austin Hooper to a four-year deal. Where do you think Njoku wants to go if he wants out of a tight end set? I would imagine he's probably in a similar spot as Jamal Adams. He wants to go to a winner. He wants to go to a contender. I, I, if I were him, I'd want San Francisco on line one because I think that's a perfect combination. Especially for tight ends. Especially a guy that you know he has had some drop issues throughout his career. He won't be relied upon as the number one tight end in San Francisco. But again, that's why he's looking for a trade now is because he's not the number one tight end the selection with Austin Hooper getting signed. So uh, I would say San Francisco if I were him, but it, it all depends on all depends on who needs a tight end. Now I'll, I'll give Njoku credit, benefit of the doubt because on the Cleveland Browns, it's really hard to catch a ball from anybody named Baker Mayfield. I mean, that guy just is wildly inconsistent last year. So that's that's my take on him. I think he wants to go to a better winning organization and a quarterback that can get in the ball more often. I think he does want to be a tight end one. More than does want to be a suitor for a contender. Yeah. So I could think somewhere like the Panthers or somewhere real up and coming, tear it all down, rebuild it back up. David Njoku at that center. You could definitely see it. That would be a good pair with Christian McCaffrey. So I want to jump into who won free agency, and we're going to go one one team each. And this is free agency and the draft. Jolan, I'm going to start just because I'm going to be selfish on this part. And I'm going to say Miami. 
I've been on this train for a while. Miami has the possibility to do what the 2016 Giants did, which is explode onto the scene and then be. I don't know if they'll be terrible. Remind for Remind me, that 2016 Giants team was 11 and five and playoffs. I believe it, were they 11 and five or they were 10 and six. One of they, the two. They went to Green Bay. That's the famous uh, banana, uh, not banana boat, the Miami boat trip with the <laughs> wide receivers, and, and that ended in disaster. But they signed. They signed at all three levels. They signed Byron Jones. Signed Kyle Van Noy. And they signed Shaq Lawson. They get their quarterback in Tua. They get some pieces around him. Get some offensive line help. I think this team has a chance to explode onto the scene. But you never know. Tua's health is a big concern. But I'm going to take Miami as the big winner in free agency this year. You forget one thing about that Miami piece. It's Brian Flores making everything happen over there in Miami. A Bill Belichick disciple. Uh, and i got to stay down in Florida for this one. I'm going from Miami over to uh, Tampa Bay. It's the Buccaneers, man. Brady, Gronk, they drafted Tristan Riffs. They got a ton of talent all over that field. Their defense actually only allowed 1,181 yards rushing last year for 11th best all time. So Brady sees that, oh, Jameis Winston leads the league in throwing 5,000 yards. Oh, the, the defense is good. Brady sees what they need is a veteran quarterback, brings over his buddy Gronk, and they're right back to booming. I think they're heavy Super Bowl favorites. And they definitely won the free agency. They could be the first team ever to go to the Super Bowl when the Super Bowl is hosted in their own stadium. That would be something for Brady to add to his legacy as if he needed anything to begin with. So now we've got a couple quick hitters just with the NFL to wrap it up. Washington is going to have to change its name. Yeah, let's just be completely honest about that. FedEx has... Long overdue. FedEx has requested the team. They have the naming rights for the stadium. They have requested that the team change their name. My guess is that the next step is to pull sponsorship. Nike has pulled all apparel off of their website, so there are major steps being taken. So, Jolan, I want to get your thoughts. What is the best name you could come up with if you were in the deciding room for the Washington football team when they changed their name? Well, it's not a joking matter because the Redskins thing is kind of um, obscene and they should be changing the name. But if I was Washington, I think I got to go with my counterpart and name myself the Washington Wizards because both franchises are horrible and they're routinely at the bottom of the division and conference. I wrote that down. I yep, wrote that, that down. That sounds about right. We'll see what Riverboat Ron Rivera can come up with. <laughs> I hate the Redskins. Bro. I'm gonna go with and I and I hope you can get this reference. I'm going with the Washington Sentinels. That is, if you've seen the movie The Replacements, that is what the Washington team is called there. I, I love that movie. I think it's a it's a great thing. You get to keep a little bit of the red. There's some blue mixed in there and some gray. I think it could look really sharp. I think, you know, and again, I, I don't know how much it changes the football team because half the time it looks like they're playing with yeah. replacement players. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, I, I love that movie. So I think it could be really fun and fascinating to watch. And now we're going to get to where I was right in the last pod. The preseason might officially be dead. Okay, this week they cut, it, they cut it from two to four games. As of today, the NFLPA is looking to cancel the entire preseason. My guess is that's concerns over COVID-19. So that's really fascinating. And, and the NFL's just got so much going on. July 28th, circle your calendars. All the teams will have reported by then. Again, things can go out the window. We don't know, but what we can tell you is what we know right now. Now we're going to go to basketball, who is under four weeks away until their bubble. Their bubble is going to start two days after NFL training camp. First, Joel on last night, late last night, Victor Oladipo decided he was sitting out of the bubble, citing concerns of of re-rupturing his quad tendon that he had he had last season. Uh, I I really respect it. 
Uh, there's just some quick hitters here in the NBA. I really do respect it. Again, uh, whether it was COVID or whether it was the injury, uh, I do really respect it. Uh, just back to our point, how we wrapped it up last week. You can't judge players for wanting to sit out. I mean, this one's a medical concern. Obviously, he had a big surgery that could be career-threatening. But So he wants to take more time. But like we said before, and like we're going to continue to say, we're not going to be judging these players based on wanting to sit out. It's unprecedented times, and how they handle it is on their own terms. Absolutely. And you want to talk about unprecedented. Gordon Hayward, if the Boston Celtics are still in the bubble in late September, will leave the bubble. Why, Jolan? Um, so Gordon Hayward is planning to have a kid. End of September, if um, the Celtics are still in the running, um, Gordon Hayward has got, been granted permission to leave the bubble for a medical emergency, and he will not be granted access back in. So once you're out, you're out. Gordon Hayward, Celtics, they'll be split apart end of September if the C's are in for it. Which, credit to the league, because that's really intelligent. And that's smart. You can't let people back in. J.R. Smith, finally back. He's with the Lakers. He's back with LeBron. Hopefully he remembers the score and time this time. The other Lakers news, they lost Avery Bradley, who decided to sit out. We mentioned that on the last podcast. Dwight Howard is still on the fence and, and is still weighing his decision. That's another big piece because he's one of their first big men off the bench. Oh, and the, the Nets, most of their guys are sitting out, so it does not look like the Brooklyn Nets are going to be making a push to the finals this year. They're gearing up more toward next year. Healthy Kyrie, healthy KD, Absolutely. healthy LeVert. I, I, don't, I don't blame them in the slightest. I believe it's going to be Karras, Joe Harris, and Jared Allen will be the mainstays of the Nets going down there. So we'll see what they Joe can do. Joe Harris is the best three-point shooter in the league. Last year he had the highest uh, percentage-wise. Absolutely. So that that's going to be really fascinating. And the last thing we want to touch upon with the NBA is that is that the NBA players have been given permission to wear Black Lives Matter messages on their uniforms and other garments to further their social justice cause, including the painting of Black Lives Matter on the court, which is something I was fascinated by. And again, what this does, I don't know, but it can only further the cause. It's not taking a step back. So what I think it does personally, I think it answers the question that guys like Dwight Howard and Kyrie of how do we continue the movement while playing basketball. I think this gives them a chance and a great platform to send their message and do it in a healthy way. I think Stephen A. Smith brought up a great point. The biggest platform an NBA player has right now is the one they're currently in. If you take that away, you do not have the same platform. You don't have the same economic resources. So I like what the NBA is doing. They've always been the most progressive league They've always been in, in terms of things. So I'm really excited there. And then I want to talk about our last topic, Jolan. And this came as a surprise to me. It, breaking news out of baseball was their first round of testing went 38 positive tests out of 3,182. Now, if you don't want to do math anymore, and I'm not a math major either, so I use my little fancy-dancy calculator, that is 1.2%. Let's play ball. That's really good. We saw the NBA had close to 5% last week. 1.2%. That's terrific. Teams are back on the field. And you want to talk about teams back on the field, we talk about the Mets because I'm a huge Mets fan. Yoannis Cespedes is looking more and more healthy. He is likely to be available opening day. It looks really promising. He's going to be running sprints in the outfield. I, I couldn't be happier about having Cespedes back. I cannot wait for the Mets to get back on the diamond and kick some butt. We're going 60-0. Book it. I, I just I can't wait for sports to return. And, and you can't see the smile on my face, but hopefully you can hear the joy in my voice. Joel, that's going to do it for us. Another jam-packed show, another fun show. Again... If you like the content, hate the content, 
let us know. Jolan, where can the people find us online? All right. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Air It Out or Instagram at Air It Out dot podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach us at those. And again, guys, give me feedback, hitting me up already. Interviews, we'll get those going. I appreciate all the feedback you guys have given us. Yes, if you want to be on the show, you have to reach out, reach out to us, excuse me, whether personally, through the podcast, whatever. Make sure you reach out. Make sure you let us know what you think of the show. We're going to keep growing this thing, baby. And we're going to keep coming out with stuff every week uh, uh, up until up until my voice runs out permanently and the doctors say your vocal cords are gone. But Jolan, thank you for joining me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. We didn't get to the Daniel Jones over 35 touchdown thing, but better believe it's going to come next week. Oh, uh, We will discuss that. But until next time, everybody, see you later.